Hey everyone, I wanted to give you a heads up about some promotions that are going on at Blick Art Supply. I also wanted to remind everyone to use our affiliate link when you order your art supplies from Blick. Just go to MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, and that will take you straight through to the regular Blick website. But when you navigate there using our link, you are asking Blick to donate 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio Podcast. I always recommend just bookmarking the link, then you never have to think about it again. Just use the bookmark and support the show. It is effortless, costs you nothing, and makes a huge difference for us. Right now, Blick is running their fall clearance sale. There are 138 products available at massive discounts, and you can get free shipping on orders over $45 using promo code CFDS at checkout. A product that caught my eye is the Sennelier Dry Pigments, which are currently 33 to 58% off list price. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick and use promo code CFDS on orders over $45 to get your shipping for free. So that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick and promo code CFDS. That's all for now. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about your life and your abstract voice. How do abstract artists focus on specific ideas in their work? How can personal voice be discovered and followed given the endless possibilities of abstraction? Today we will talk about one path that has proven to be a rich vein of ideas for many abstract artists that of pulling from their own experiences in life to create a meaningful, personal, visual language. Today, we'll talk about ways to access ideas for abstraction from what you know best, your own life. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Well, I'm going to start out by saying I wonder if this topic may seem kind of obvious. (laughs) I mean, it seems logical that we would get ideas from our own experiences in life, but Many artists, especially beginners with abstraction, seem to be a little bit disconnected from their own personal experience when they when they get into their work. Um, and I I think that this might be just because um, they believe that abstraction is always about sort of big lofty concepts, not just their own lives, but you know something greater than that. Or maybe that abstraction is an intellectual or conceptual exercise. It's about, it's always about formal aspects like color and shape and patterning and that kind of thing. Or that it's mainly about process and technique. And, and all of these things that I just mentioned may be true and satisfying. And to many abstract artists, they are. That's what their work is about. But, you know, for others, and maybe this is you, the listener, um, you may just have this yearning for more uh, self-expression, more uh, ways to connect with viewers on this kind of emotional or personal level. And these other approaches don't really do that for you. And so um, I think that's what, what we want to talk about is how do, you, how do you connect those aspects of your own life to your work and and kind of get away from that belief that abstract art should be something or other. Uh, some of the things that I just mentioned that that could be kind of holding you back. And 
I really believe that your own experiences, your situations, your emotions can be a really good pathway for your work and for making connection with with viewers. And off and on on this podcast, we have mentioned this concept that the more personal something is, the more universal it is. It it came up in our interview with Jim Sherbarth. Um, it's come up when I've talked about this before, because it was an important idea that was introduced to me as a student in college by one of my college instructors. And it really impacted me because we may think that our personal experiences are like working from that is too self-centered or something. I'll get into that in a bit. Um, but, but this idea that the more personal they are, the more universal they are. Um, I think, Basically, because your experiences are personal, yes, you understand them, you live them, but life experiences are uh, seldom, if ever, completely unique in every way. I mean, there's always going to be something about what you've gone through that other people can relate to, and it, it's your take on it that can connect with other people and strike a chord with them, and and they may recognize what you are trying to express in, in your paint or whatever media that you're using. And that's, you know, that's the pathway that I want to talk about here. And it, it may seem, if you're struggling with finding your abstract voice, that you, don't, you can't see how it can be personal or autobiographical, but it, it can be as much as any other approach to art. And I, I just want to talk about how that works. And, and for me anyway, and I think for other people, and especially to any of you that are feeling a little disconnected from your work and abstraction, how can you make this more personal and meaningful to yourself? Um, another thing that we talk about on the podcast is intentions, and um, that's come up different times, forming basic intentions about your work, what you want it to be, what you're interested in saying. One of my own intentions is is just simply the word connection, which I my own intentions tend to be phrased in these pretty simple words that can have I can come at them from different directions. But I think about connection and I've come to realize that this means it means working from my own experience, that I want my work to be experiential as opposed to a more formal approach or as opposed to working with outside ideas or intellectual ideas. It's in order for me to feel connected with my work, it's coming from something in my own life. I have worked with things like poetry. I did a series um, of paintings based on poetry by Seamus Heaney as a source but it was still very personal in how I'd interpreted it because I painted these in Ireland and he's an Irish poet. And when I was reading his poems, they were evocative to me of things that I had seen and experienced there. So there was that absolute connection. And, and when I went to actually make the paintings, it was about my own experiences in Ireland um, as evoked by his poetry. So still that connection. Um, and I, I think, you know, as far as personal aspects of, of your work, there's always going to be some degree of personal personal stuff in your work, even if it's quite intellectual or something. Uh, so I don't mean to discount that. There's always going to be different degrees of how personal your work is. and um, But I'm 
talking here really specifically about referencing your own life and and your own reactions to things that happen in your life. Um, not an approach that interests all abstract artists. Um, you know, there as I mentioned in the beginning, a lot of abstract artists are focused on different things like we call the formal ideas or ideas about form, just the visual elements and so on, like color and shape, also called pure abstraction. Um, and, and a lot of artists are interested, mainly interested in exploring materials and process, like how does the work evolve and how does my material, how do my materials impact what's happening here? And, th and that is all absolutely perfectly fine. They are just different intentions and different pathways. But I have talked to enough people starting out with abstraction to understand that for many people who haven't really found their own personal voice, they feel that abstraction kind of quote-unquote should be about these things or should be intellectual or should be conceptually based, visually based. Um, and But it's not actually that artist's own inclination. And so they may feel that their work is less valid because it's not intellectual enough or removed enough and and so if they're trying to be this more intellectual or process oriented abstract artist their work tends to come out kind of generic it's kind of it doesn't feel personal in a way that somebody who really was interested in these things could make their work personal but if it's not you and you're not really invested in it, it's probably not going to be very successful for you. So um, in that case, if you feel a bit detached or you're working in a way that you just think abstraction ought to be, <laughs> I would say reconsider. Because experienced-based art, you know, personal art, autobiographical art, is a perfectly valid and long tradition in art overall, in realism, of course, and in abstraction. And I do not believe it's being self-centered or self-involved or any of those things that people may tell themselves if, if this is their direction. I like to think of how interesting it is to read a good memoir, right? This is autobiography, somebody talking about their life. And the way that you can get inside someone else's life, their thoughts, their memories, their emotions. It's intriguing. And and you can relate to much of it and say, yeah, I, I kind of get that. You know, that's really interesting. Um, well, it, people are often very uncomfortable talking about themselves and mm -hmm. uh, and their lives. Uh, and that's kind of what you're doing when you're when you're relating to it in your art. But if, if you can't connect with your own art, then how do you expect anyone else to? You know, I th I think I think you hit on something there. It can f you can feel really vulnerable when you're painting from emotion or memory or experience in a way that if you're creating this more removed art, you may not be. I mean, it is it's a little more risky, I think, to to uh, open up that way in your work. Um, and it it but it also it also brings people in and and they sense that openness and that vulnerability in the work or that um, that's just sort of personal honesty um, 
and again, it's not to discount any other type of abstraction. They all have their really uh, intriguing and compelling uh, character. But this kind of um, digging into yourself to, to come up with something that may feel quite emotional to you as an artist is, is challenging in its own way. Um, I, and I also wanted to, I wanted to mention that abstract art, when it, when it first started to be produced in the Western world, was about spirituality. And even though the work of somebody like uh, Kandinsky or Hilma of Clint may look kind of formal um, in terms of, you know, these are just shapes and colors, it truly was coming out of uh, spirituality, specifically theosophy. And so because um, abstract art has its roots in this elevated um, approach, that's another reason, I think, why as abstract artists, we may feel that our ne our work needs to be a bit removed. It needs to be this kind of lofty vision of these original abstract artists, but getting it back again to the point that the more personal it is, the more universal, I feel like our shared humanity connects us and also is spiritual. So, you know, being a little quirky, being a little odd, being a little personal in your work also is, I think, truthful, honest, and in that sense, spiritual. So it's just a matter of sort of broadening your, your perspective, I suppose. Um, but of course, it presents this challenge. How do you do that? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm talking about this as a thing, as a way to approach, but you may be listening and thinking, oh, okay, right, so what next? You know, how do I do this? Um, and I would say, obviously, the very first step is do not discount the importance of your own experiences. Um, you know, they are important, and they are what makes you you. And so um, no matter how small or large your experience may be that, you know, every morning you watch the light move across um, the tree outside your window as you're drinking your coffee and something about that is important to you or your experience may be some big thing, some traumatic thing or some impactful thing that's happened to you recently. All these things are important and they, they have to do with your own vision and interest. So that first step is really just being aware of what moves you. And it might take some self-reflection to sort of observe yourself. What am I paying attention to? Let yourself feel and respond to that. Keeping a journal is not a bad idea because it doesn't mean that you're sort of wallowing in things or being too self-absorbed, I don't think. It's just deepening your own awareness and your sensitivity to your own life, to what's going on around you. Um, Journaling is a great idea, too, because sometimes just articulating what is happening in your life gives gives a little bit of a, a fresh perspective on it. Absolutely. Oftentimes, you can sort things out in a way that you didn't even know you could when you started writing. So so you may, you may get to an essence of something through writing about it that, yeah, you didn't quite realize, and that's a really good path to abstraction. What is the essence 
of that experience? What are the most important emotions that are coming through? Um, you know, what are you learning by sort of processing it through writing that you could bring to your work? And, you know, as I, as I said, kind of talking about the leaves on the tree or maybe some big experience, your sources don't have to be grand or profound. I mean, these experiences that you're pulling from, they, they can be, um, you know, small life moments or big things, but we all do have stories. Every day we have stories and our life has stories. Um, and so paying attention to all of that is, is a, it's a pretty rich vein to work from. And so kind of specifically, is there, you might think, is there a period of your life or an event that you, when you think about this, there are certain really memorable moments that kind of, I don't know, kind of express it for you. And I'll talk about this specifically in a minute with some work that I'm doing right now that's, that's drawn really from very specific impressions or moments um, that live on in memory. So when you have these memories, pay attention to those. Memories are both visual and emotional. And that's obviously tra can translate in, into abstraction. Not that you're going to illustrate the moment, but what colors, what textures, what images come to mind from that moment, that's a good start. Um, Let's take a break to talk about what's happening with Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, are excited to be launching year two of Cold Wax Academy's membership program, which began in October of 2020. In the coming year, live online learning sessions will feature an entirely new set of topics, beginning with a deep dive into technique and the steps involved in developing a painting. Other topics for year two include professional development, abstraction and realism, principles of design, and expanded uses for cold wax medium. As always, members will have access to recordings of all previous sessions, including everything from the first year, so it's easy to join anytime. Fall quarter begins October 6th. Please visit coldwaxacademy.com for details. That's coldwaxacademy.com about membership levels and to sign up for a new year of exciting learning experiences. So once again, that's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get back into it. Okay. So really what I'm talking about here is the specificity of certain moments. That's what lets you in. It's just the same as when you do creative writing and they say, write about what you know, or, you know, write about some really simple subject like your coffee cup or something. <laughs> it's that it's that attention to the moment, to the detail. And and as I said, memory can distill that for you. So just to talk about a little bit about how this happens in my own work, I think just as an example, first of all, I do keep journals and reflections uh, in writing, reactions to things, things I've noticed and that helps me. Um, and then I think about what specific ideas or images from my own life and experience have come into my work. So recently, since I've been in New Mexico, I take a lot of walks in the desert. It's high desert here. It's very arid. And when I'm out there, I see a lot of 
dead wood because the wood doesn't rot, right? It just lies on the ground. So you see a lot of trees down and they're they're really beautiful shapes, kind of twisting and interesting. A lot of dry plants. Um, the arroyos, which are basically the runoff um, of water, create these interesting pathways through this arid country. So those images do come into my work and they don't come in as illustration or literal images, but oftentimes when I'm scratching in lines or drawing lines into my work, that's where it's coming from. The pathways through the desert created by arroyos, the dry um, plants and trees that are that are you see out there, and that along with the color, the color of the desert, the the um, the colors that I see out there, that plays into my work. So that's kind of one vein in my work that comes from direct experience. The other one, um, my current series of work, which I think I've mentioned before, is about the move this summer, <laughs> and about many different periods of that move, many different moments, specific moments that come to my mind when I think about it. And these are things like um, driving down the highway, coming out here by myself, or um, the the way that things that were left out in the fields in our place in Wisconsin became rusted. That's one of the ideas I'm working with right now is that sort of deterioration of objects left outside um, all different things that just pop into my mind from that that time. And some were very emotional and some were more visual, but it's all there. I mean, I, I think about the very last morning that I was in the house. I was going to be driving off that day, and I went and sat on the back steps, and I thought it was a very misty morning. It was gorgeous. And I remembered sitting there, um, 43 years earlier when we first bought the place and imagining my life ahead. And there I was on the last morning. And so <laughs> I'm getting a little choked up. This was very emotional for me. But there's a very specific atmosphere of that moment when it was foggy, when there were things just sort of appearing out of the, out of the mist and my own feelings of, of loss, frankly. I mean, leaving this place that will come out in a painting. That's one that, that hasn't been done yet. So those are examples of how what you're seeing, what your emotions are, what your experiences are, can feed your work. Another one I think of is, is a series I did a few years ago when I had spent just a few days, actually, but they were impactful days in the city of Athens in Greece. And I was surrounded for those days by these ancient surfaces and ancient vessels and ancient sculptures. And, you know, I uh, went and visited a, a very old graveyard and those kind of surfaces and and forms actually of vessels came into my work for a while. And that was very different. I didn't usually work from remembering objects, but in this case I did. They came through and they were very abstracted, but very specific memories. And so those are my examples. Um, so obviously, it does work, I believe, in abstraction to make these specific references. And they don't have to be obvious in your work. They're just in your mind. They can come through, as I said in that Greek work, 
there were vessels in that work. In the in the paintings about the desert, you can see line drawings of weeds and things. They can enter, but it's in an abstract context. It's not like creating a scene. There are sort of more like symbols. And you can also do this without any specific imagery. I mean, um, you can just respond with color and line and shape and texture to make your own connection in your mind with what you experienced. Um, and it's it's kind of about connecting with that time and, and the emotions of that time. And I, I wouldn't say that you have to feel those emotions as you paint, because we do need to have a little bit of remove. We need to have a little bit of that analytic side to make a good painting. But there's something about just remembering that emotion, how it's impacted you, how it's become part of you, that works, at least for me. Um, I suppose the degree of engagement with your emotion or removal from your emotion is, that's part of your own approach, your own interpretation. So there's no rules about that. Um, and along with memory, are there any symbols that you associate with with your experience? Um, and they could be very abstract symbols. For example, maybe you had um, broken up with a person or a place, and maybe that comes through as a broken line in your work or a broken shape. And that would be purely abstract, or maybe some sort of symbolic object that you could render in an abstract way. So I hope those are some ideas, if you're interested in this, to kind of get started on it, um, or or say, hey, I'm already doing this, and it is perfectly fine. <laughs> I don't need to be any more intellectual than this. This is the way that I'm connecting to my own work and to people looking at my work. And there are many, many artists who work in this way. Um, sometimes you see obvious references, like, you know, you might see figures or things from nature or symbols in somebody's work. Um, other times you don't see it. You don't see the story. But you can still sense the person's personal involvement with the work. Um, so how, how do you feel about it when you have something that you've drawn from your own life and uh, is meaningful to you, and maybe somebody doesn't interpret it in the way that you had intended. Right, and that that is absolutely bound to happen. I mean, the interesting thing about art is that people interpret it in different ways. Um, it bothers me a little bit if the interpretation is entirely off, and I remember doing some very dark drawings, uh, charcoal drawings, at a time when I was very excited about my work and very happy about it. And someone said, wow, these are really depressing, you know, because people associate dark color with depression. Uh, no, that's not it for me. They're dramatic, but they're not depressing. So it can be disconcerting when you hear that stuff. But I, I think you understanding that everybody has their own interpretation is part of the whole thing. And unless you are going to, you know, absolutely illustrate and absolutely inform people about what you want them to see, which isn't typical of abstraction, you're going to get that. Um, I would say overall, it doesn't bother me. It's just, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, The important thing is that you, the artist, are guided by this idea. And um, 
and it makes your your connection to the work will come through even if the specific interpretation isn't the same and how could it be you're the one who experienced it but if say you manage to create an atmosphere of nostalgia for a painting that's about moving or about loss or change and you've created the sort of an atmosphere of thoughtfulness or you know whatever you you're feeling people are probably going to pick up on that in some on some way intuitively um so i would say the details of the story are yours and that's what guides you but in no way can you expect other people to know those details and it it if you choose to you can tell the story in words i mean you can write about your work and i think that it's very interesting sometimes when you read artist statements by artists whose work appears to be totally non-referential, that doesn't seem to be any imagery in that at all, then you find out from reading their statement where their ideas come from. And it's like their life experiences, like it can be, like travel or relationships or, or something they've been through, you know. And, and for them, it's guiding the work. And it's interesting to know that. I think it's always interesting to, to read what artists have to say about their own work because it does add another dimension uh, to it. So, uh, you know, that's a way that if it's important to you for people to understand that, that you can accompany your images with, with a more specific story, or you can use titles as well to guide people into what you were thinking about. So each of, each of the paintings in this series um, that I'm doing now do have titles that are specific to the story of moving. And honestly, I had moments of thinking, oh, you know, my move, is that important to anyone else? You know, it's like, it does seem kind of self-involved to me, but lots of people move or lots of people experience, you know, having to leave a place that they, they're fond of. Um, lots of people experience a move into something new and exciting. And both of those things are true in my case. I'm, you know, it was, a, it was a good life. I was sad to leave it, but I'm very happy about where I am now. And those are more universal than my particular move. But again, personal and universal kind of dichotomy there. It works, I hope, for this series. And I do have specific titles. And a couple times I found myself in the studio with a visitor telling a story about the painting, which is interesting how specific these are for me. And it's a little different. I, The other example I gave about just walking in the desert, that's kind of a more pervasive activity that just feeds my work. But now and then I have these much more specific um, series and I find them really interesting to, to work with. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Yes, I would say... I'm talking all this about working from experience. I'm giving you examples from my life, my work, but there's absolutely no formula about doing this or trying to do this in your work by its very nature. It's really personal. It's really individualized. And I just want to give encouragement about this because I've noticed a lot of artists that I've either known or I've worked with who are bogged down by not realizing how personal abstraction can be, has the potential to be. 
and and can be so meaningful in this personal, almost autobiographical way. And so um, they they tend to be not free enough to really express emotions, memories, maybe too concerned with ideas or, or notions about what abstraction should be. So <clears throat> I think it's very liber- liberating to realize your own life is legit subject matter, worthy of your attention, and interesting to other people. <laughs> so I would say, go ahead, mine those experiences, be quirky, be open, be a little mysterious, you know, come up with your symbols, your and and think about your memories and your own feelings and and try to bring that into your work. If if this is the path that interests you, it is a good one and it's it's um it's meaningful and satisfying. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. For more from the Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at www.coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.